Dharma Bites is brought to you by Free Buddhist Audio, the Dharma for your life. Our work is funded entirely by donations from our generous listeners. If you would like to help us keep this free, make a contribution at freebuddhistaudio.com forward slash donate. Thank you and happy listening. Now back for a few minutes to the first three fetters back for a slightly more detailed explanation. First of all, the self-view or self-belief. This really means one's acceptance of one's present experience of selfhood as something fixed, unchanging and ultimate. It really amounts to a refusal to accept really to accept the possibility of change or progress. Refusal to believe that the old self really can be broken up. We're so familiar with ourselves, so used to ourselves, so used to thinking of ourselves in a certain way, and think we are this, this is me. We think this is something fixed, final, this will hold good forever, I'll always be like this, I may change a bit but it will still be recognisably me, very much so, recognisably me. We, we really refuse to believe that this self, this me, this I as I'm experiencing it now, here and now, can ever be as it were consumed, as though by fire, so that out of the ashes of that old self, a new self can arise. And of course we refuse to believe that this can happen not once, but many times. Self-view is therefore really the negation of the higher evolution. It's a sort of rationalisation of the gravitational pull itself. I would say we can distinguish, within the context of our present discussion, four levels of selfhood or four levels of individuality, corresponding to our previous four stages of evolution as mentioned in the first lecture. You may remember that the first stage was the infrahuman stage, the second was the human stage, both primitive and civilized, the third the ultrahuman stage, and the fourth the suprahuman or transhuman stage. And these four stages we saw in the course of that first lecture were separated by points one, two, and three on our first chart. Point one being the point at which consciousness, in the sense of human consciousness, emerges. And this separates the infrahuman from the human stage. Two, point two being the point at which self-consciousness or awareness emerges. And this point separates the human from the ultra-human stage. And three, the point at which transcendental awareness arises or emerges, awareness of reality. Uh, this is, of course, the point of no return. And it separates the ultra-human from the suprahuman or transhuman stage of development. And now then, for the four levels or stages of development of individuality corresponding to these four stages. First, we may say there's a level of non-individuality, where there's no individuality, just existence. Secondly, there's the stage of what we may call human individuality. Thirdly, the stage of true individuality. And fourthly, the stage of transcendental individuality. That's equivalent to enlightenment. Uh, most people are in process of developing human individuality itself. Uh, they've not yet even reached true individuality. 
That will come about only with the emergence of self-consciousness or awareness in the full sense. Now, there's very much that could be said about these, these four levels of individuality, about non-individuality, human individuality, true individuality, transcendental individuality, but really a whole lecture needs to be devoted uh, to this subject, these four kinds of individuality, and perhaps one day I shall do that. In fact, there are several topics on which I would like to speak uh, at some time. For instance, there is this very important question that we've been discussing quite a bit lately of energy, especially energy in the form of positive and negative emotion. But we've no time for all that now, no time during this lecture, in fact, no time during the present course. Eh? And for the present, we can only enumerate these four levels of individuality and leave it at that. And we enumerate them, we enumerate these four levels of individuality just to dispel the idea, the false idea, that individuality itself is something fixed, final, ultimately given, that it's not something that can develop, that it cannot die, that it cannot be reborn. So self-belief, the first of the three fetters we may say, consists in the conviction that human individuality, individuality as we know it, in our present stage of evolution, our present stage of development, is the norm of individuality, and that there's no other level of individuality, no other kind. And so long as this belief persists, the whole course of the higher evolution is blocked. Now for the remaining fetters, and we'll deal with them much more briefly. Second, doubt or indecision. This is not doubt in the intellectual sense, not in the sense of suspension of belief or judgment. Eh? Doubt here, indecision here, means unwillingness to commit to oneself. Unwillingness, if you like, to take the plunge. It means holding back when there's no reason for holding back. It means holding back even when one sees good reasons for not holding back. And here we may say, with this second fetter, the gravitational pull of the conditioned is at work with a vengeance. There are lots of people who are interested in the spiritual life, interested in the higher evolution, interested in, in Buddhism, come to lectures, come to classes, perhaps quite a long time, but they won't commit themselves. They won't throw themselves in. Eh? At best, they'll, as it were, just stretch out their toe and just dip it into the water to feel how hot or how cold it is, and then they draw it back. Or even if they do venture in, they like to fasten themselves rather tightly, rather securely to a good, strong post on the shore so they don't get really carried away and can perhaps have the best of both worlds. Eh? They won't throw themselves in. And very often it's because they're just afraid. They agree perhaps with everything that you say, but they won't really accept it, won't really try to put it into practice. And this is because they're strongly bound by the second fetter, the fetter of doubt, the fetter of indecision. Thirdly and lastly, Dependence on moral rules and religious observances. One could give another whole lecture here, but we'll just have to be content with a few, a very few observations. Here is the dependence that constitutes the fetter. The moral rules are all right. 
The religious observances are all right, whatever they may be. But it's wrong to be dependent on them. Being dependent on them doesn't mean using them and continuing to use them as helps to the leading of the spiritual life. It means being neurotically, even possessively, dependent on them. It means treating them as ends in themselves and not as means to an end. And we may say even that a great deal, a very great deal, if not the greater part of ordinary religious life and ordinary religious activity, conventional religious life and activity, is simply an expression of this fetter, dependence upon moral rules and religious observances. And we should be on the lookout for this particular fetter even within the framework of our own movement. And we should always ask ourselves whether we are not in fact continuing to do something, not because it's still useful to us as a group and individually in our spiritual lives, but simply because we've always been doing it. We hope you enjoyed today's Dharma Bite. Please help us keep this free. Make a contribution at freebuddhistaudio.com forward slash donate. And thank you.